0: Alright guys, this is a crazy interesting episode because I am doing this by myself today. I am a solo mission person talking with you this week because Mathis is at a wedding all weekend. And we talked about a ton of weird awesome things. Um, I go over quickly a lot of movie and TV news. We talk about Doctor Who spinoff. We talk about the Ring movie that got delayed four times. American Horror Story, we talk about a a variety of different things. I then talk about this Big Think article that talked about depression as more than just a psychological thing and really looking at the biological connections between, you know, what we put in our body and how that affects brain health. And then I top off the episode or end the episode, I don't know which way to say it, with really just talking about my spiritual journey And really, it's just kind of that first part of my spiritual journey and kind of where I am, why I had such a problem with the church, and kind of where I went from there. And what I think we are moving forward and how we should move forward in regards to discussing spirituality and religious topics moving forward. And it's really fun, and I hope you guys like it, and I hope I didn't run on too many um, weird tangents but, yeah, I hope you guys get involved in this conversation. It's one of mine and Mathis' favorite conversations, um, really just talking about the questions and doubts that we have about everything in this mysterious world we live in. So you can always hit us up on our email, hellonadoo.com, H-E-L-L-O-A-N-D-A-D-I-E-U, at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at do And as always, rate, subscribe, and review us on iTunes because that helps people find us and... We'd love to have more people in this conversation with all of us. So hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hello and Adieu. This episode is going to be a little bit different because I'm doing this solo this week, and that is very scary. (laughs) Uh, Mathis is at a wedding this weekend for one of his good friends from um, the college we went to. I was also friends with him, but Mathis um, was more um, good friends with him. So he has been at a wedding this whole weekend and I said I would try it alone and I am missing him over in Ohio. I think that's where the wedding is. So I am missing Mathis, but I'm going to try my best to hold this, uh, hold this over by myself. We will see how it goes. I also hope you guys have had a great week. My week was fine. Thank you for asking. Um, I am incredibly sunburned right now. My face literally looks like a lobster. It is um, tender to the touch, as they say. Because I was outside yesterday. Anyway, so that's how my week went. (laughs) But the first thing I wanted to talk about is right now, I am re-watching, drumroll, Doctor Who. Can we get some TARDIS uh, lovers out there? Anyone? I'm listening for Doctor Who fans. Whovians, I think, is what we are called. So I have watched Doctor Who... Um, in full, and I'm obsessed with it, but I have only watched it through one time. And so, right now, I started from the beginning, which the first season, guys, is rough. It's not my favorite, and I don't think I'm alone in that. Um, and this is the first season of the reboot. So, Doctor Who did like, I don't know, 30 seasons back, starting in the 60s, and then it stopped. And then in 2006, I believe, is when they kind of rebooted it and revamped it. And so that is what I'm talking about as in regards to the first season, the first season of the reboot. And the first season's not great. So if you have not watched Doctor Who, and I encourage you all to watch Doctor Who, but I will tell you the first season is very hard to get through. But after the first season is when David Tennant comes in and the show just gets amazing. So I am now finally <laughs> in season two and it's amazing. But the reason I bring that up is that there is a Doctor Who spinoff that is starting on, it's on the BBC channel. So it's a, an English channel, but it is starting in October now. It is only starting in October over in England, and we won't get it in the U.S. until I think it's like, I don't know, it's a spring 2017. So I'll probably be trying to find it online in October. But this is what it's about. So the new spinoff is called Class, which is not the greatest title, by the way. Just Class. That's all it's called. Um, And so what it is about is, I'll just read what it says. The kids juggle the usual teen stuff like romance, friendship, families, and schoolwork, along with less usual teen stuff like the possible end of the world as we know it turns out the doctor's frequent visits to the schools have thinned the walls of space and time and now a sinister something is out to get them and so i think that's what it's about and i believe that this is the school that clara who was the companion at the end of matt smith's season and into peter capaldi who is the doctor right now currently and so clara worked at a school um, before becoming a companion to the Doctor. So I think it has to do with Clara's school, I think. But I'm excited. And I really hope that they can kind of encapsulate I don't know if that's the right word. encapsulate the whole essence of Doctor Who. Because doc- Doctor Who, it's so fun. It's lighthearted. It is whimsical and just... A really really fun time and I hope that this new series also has that kind of whimsical humor and I'm kind of thinking it won't but I'm still gonna try it out and watch it and they said that Peter Capaldi the current doctor will be in that premiere episode and probably will make an appearance I don't know some other time so the next thing I wanted to talk about as I am watching Doctor Who again I also am watching the newest season of American Horror Story I don't know if anyone else is watching it I will be the first to say that most of the American Horror Story seasons have started off really really well and then really just took like a (laughs) nosedive towards about halfway through the season the problem with American Horror Story is they have these really great elaborate ideas But the thing is, I don't think they fully plan them out. So they have a really good beginning and they're like, oh, so we want the story to start like this and we want the characters to do this. But then I think when they really have to like stretch their characters and to create a story that is kind of, mm, you know, comes together in a way that makes sense. They kind of struggle to end it well. That and if you guys have watched it, my least favorite season was the freak show season. I think it was two ago. Yes, it was. So last season was hotel with lady Gaga. And then before that was freak show and freak show has such a great premise because it, it's the premise of, um, kind of a traveling circus. And then there's, I don't, I don't even remember cause I stopped watching it, but there's, I feel like there's so many cool ideas you could do with a traveling circus. And they just really, <laughs> they really dropped the ball. On that season and honestly all the seasons um, except for the first season which was amazing um, but this season I sorry I got very off track this season which I think is season six um, it is about my Roanoke colony is what it's called and so it what's really cool about it is that its whole premise is that it's a documentary style and so you have, the, you have the same set of characters played by two different people. So in the show, you have the people that experienced it, the real people who are doing like these on-camera interviews telling about their story. And then you have the reenactments played by another set of characters. So we have Sarah Paulson, Cuba Gooding Jr., uh, Jr. Angela Bassett, they are the reenactment ca- uh, cast. And so it shows them actually living through these you know murders and this whole craziness in the Roanoke area it's just it's a really cool premise but here's the problem there's only been two episodes so far and they've both been great but so have the first two episodes of every other season and then probably by like episode six or seven is when it really starts going downhill but I hope that this season really pulls it off (laughs) Because I know that they keep saying all the American Horror Story seasons are connected in some elaborate way. Because if you don't watch the show, each different season um, is completely separate from the other season. Um, Like the first season was about a murder house. The second season was, what was the second? Oh, it was like in an asylum. Third season was about witches. Fourth season may have been Freak Show and then Hotel. And then this one is Roanoke. And they're all completely separate storylines, but they have the same cast of characters playing different characters. So like Jessica Lange was in a lot. She was in like the first five seasons. Evan Peters has been in a lot of them. Um, Angela Bassett has been in a lot of them. Sarah Paulson has been in a lot of them. And so they are all in each season, but they play different characters. And they keep saying that they're all connected. And they say that in this Roanoke one, we'll start to see more connections To I think the first season which was a murder house which makes sense because they're both murder houses (laughs) so lots of death Um, but if you haven't watched I would actually encourage you to watch the first few episodes of this newest season Um, I think it's on Wednesday nights on FX like 9 central time anyways moving on one thing I have found to be extremely funny is how difficult it has been to get the new ring movie out (laughs) into theaters so, if you guys have not seen the original The Ring movie, it's the one with, like, Samora, and she, like, crawls out of this well, and, um, I think it, is this the one that has to do with the videotape? I don't remember. Um, but the first Ring movie was with, like, Naomi Watts, and, or maybe that was The Grudge. Oh, my goodness, I don't remember. But anyways, irrelevant. There's a new Ring horror movie coming out, and it got delayed again. So, this is the fourth time. That this movie has been delayed and this article that talks about it it was like oh my goodness they so it was supposed to come out in november of 2015 so almost a year ago now then they pushed it back to april 2016 which is almost six months which i'll get into and then they pushed it again to october of this year so next month and then just recently Within the last week, they said that they are pushing it back to February. Uh, I just love when this happens because it's like, what is it about this movie that they just cannot get it into theaters? Are they doing reshoots? Did you know the over? Did the film company not like the final product, and so they're like, now we need to like tweak some things? But this is like the fourth time. You know, I understand if there's one pushback because a lot of movies get pushed back. I mean, Star Wars has gotten pushed back before Power Rangers got pushed back. I mean, it happens all the time. that They get pushed back one time, but four (laughs) times at some point, I mean, four times is a lot. And they really got to get their stuff together because at this point, it's just being funny. It's kind of like Avatar (laughs) to go back to the new Avatar movies. They keep pushing those back like billions of times. And me and Mathis have talked about this, that it's almost funny how much they keep pushing it back, and how much James Cameron takes himself very seriously. Um, But I just wanted to bring up for all you uh, Ring horror movie lovers that it has indeed been pushed back. Oh, this article says right here, Why was Rings delayed again? We don't know. Principal photography wrapped on the film in June 2015, and it seems as if the studio was unhappy with the initial cut as reshoots took place in July of this year. Yep. But that's exactly what I figured. More Power Ranger news. And I know you guys have been right by our side as we've been going over all of this new Power Ranger stuff. Because both me and Mathis are so excited about these new Power Rangers. And they just released um, new posters with the cast on their Megazords, which is awesome. And then they just announced this past week that Bill Hader is going to voice... Alpha 5. Can I get a high five from all those Power Ranger lovers? That was me high-fiving myself because I'm alone. But anyways, (laughs) so Bill Hader, if you don't know who Bill Hader is, he was on SNL for a long time. He did Stefan. He just voiced BB-8 in Star Wars, which I really didn't know. I didn't even really know that someone had to voice BB-8 because it's a robot. But, you know, to each their own. And so now... Is going to play another robot in Alpha 5. Um, and if you don't, if you watched Power Rangers when it was on, Alpha is like a huge part of the command center with Zordon um, to the Power Rangers. It would go, aye, 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 aye. <laughs> Maybe I should voice Alpha because <laughs> that was a terrible rendition. But I am so excited. And this cast just keeps getting more and more people um, with higher star status, and I'm actually really excited to see that because when I heard that Power Rangers was doing this whole revamp, you know they hired five pretty much unknown actors to play the main Power Rangers, which is kind of a bold move, but also not because you don't want a p- new Power Rangers movie with like Jennifer Lawrence, <laughs> um, Chris Pratt, like that just wouldn't be. A good movie to watch so you kind of almost need those unknowns ex- if you're going to revamp something like Power Rangers because you need to be able to look at it with new fresh eyes but what I like about it is that in the supporting cast they're adding those uh more well-known movie stars like Elizabeth Banks as uh Rita Repulsa I think is what <laughs> Rita I know her name's Rita yes Repulsa um Bryan Cranston as Zordon I mean come on So I'm just so excited, and I'm excited Bill Hader is going to be the voice of Alpha, and I am still saying that this movie is going to be amazing, and I think it comes out in March, so you better believe I'm going to give you the play-by-play on this new Power Rangers movie. The next thing I want to talk about, it's one website that I follow a lot. It's called Big Think, and they always put out these really interesting articles on science, science. you know, spirituality, pretty much everything. They have different articles and videos, and they have a YouTube channel if you want to go see those videos as well. Um, And one thing that popped up that really took my eye was the title depression is only partly a psychological condition. And what this article was saying is that, yes, symptoms of depression are marked by changes in the brain, but they're saying that the cause of depression may ultimately lie within the body somewhere in this family of proteins called cytokines. (laughs) Clearly I'm a scientist. It's C-Y-T-O-K-I-N-E-S. And these cytokines cause inflammation in the body. And what inflammation does is it essentially tells your body that it is ill. And so this clinical psychologist, George Slavik, um, at the University of California in Los Angeles, Hala, he has studied depression for years. And he had said that when discussing the causes of depression, he says, in quote, I don't even talk about it as a psychiatric condition anymore. It does involve psychology, but it also involves equal parts of biology and physical health. He goes on to say that while being physically ill causes inflammation, it is far from being the only cause. He says that eating a diet high in trans fat and sugars causes inflammation, which activates a large amount of those cytokines that causes inflammation stored within the gut, so in your belly. And essentially what he's trying to say is that these cytokines within the belly causing inflammation can essentially, I think I keep saying essentially, they can essentially cause the brain to kind of experience these depressive features, um, which is why you probably hear a lot about with depression, that you should you know exercise, eat well, and that will help you know depressive symptoms. Um, but one thing that's interesting is this past week I went to a workshop through school because I do work with um, students with autism. It was a workshop on um, just working with children with autism. And what the speaker was saying is that more and more studies are coming out that really link um, gut health to brain health. And he was going on saying that in regards to our diet, all of our foods that we consume in America at least have a lot of different types of chemicals in it that we didn't have in it several decades ago. Mainly because we... like. I'll just give an example in regards to bread. The yeast in bread rises, and it takes time for that yeast to rise. Like It takes more, I don't know how long, but it takes, like say, a day. And so what we have done is that to expedite that rising process, we put extra chemicals into bread, into that yeast that helps it rise quicker so that we can sell a mass amount of quantity more quickly. And it's these chemicals that we are putting into our food To kind of mass-produce it that is causing a lot of these inflammation within our gut and as an effect is affecting our brain health so food has been a huge part of my journey over these past few years about like really eating healthy and I've gone through so many different um, I don't want to call them food fads but like my parents could tell you I you know I right now I don't eat I barely eat gluten I don't eat a lot of dairy Um, mainly for the reason that this guy is talking about, you know, I have found that these types of foods really affect my brain health. And what I found with me is that when I cut these different uh, foods out of my system, that it really does affect, you know, how, you know, affects brain health and it affects how the amount of fog that I have on a daily basis and, the amount that I can concentrate. And I feel like it's really shown how much as a society we really need to look at and advocate for ourselves in regards to good, solid food, first of all, but also then looking into how we make these foods. And I'm not saying that like wheat and dairy are bad in themselves, in and of themselves. However, we do put a lot of hormones like speaking of dairy and meat, I'll include meat in that as well. Um, Meat itself isn't bad. Dairy itself isn't bad. However, since we do kind of push out um, meat and dairy in mass quantities, what they do is that they pump the cattle with hormones to make them bigger and therefore to have more meat. And these hormones sink into the meat. And then we eat that meat when we buy the meat at the store And those hormones don't sit well with our bodies. And so that is kind of why I stay away from those types of foods. And I would encourage everyone just to, you know, research it themselves. And, you know, if dairy and meat and bread don't make you feel sick or anything, then feel free to eat it. But I do think that this will play a role in our society within the next 10 years of really looking at how our food is made. And I think there will be a food revolution. I'm just going to say it here. A food revolution will be coming. And I think sugars will be included in that. Look at me. I sound like a crazy person. I'm like uh, gluten's going to be on that list. Dairy, meat, sugar, literally everything you eat. Um, but I really do think that those four things are going to be something that is going to be revolutionized. Revolutionized within the next decade. Um, and I'll say one thing about sugars. I'm literally a crazy person. Um, They do say that sugar is more addictive than cocaine. And that fact itself, and maybe I shouldn't say fact because I don't have a source for it. But that idea in itself scares me so much because if that is true and the researchers know this and the food companies know this and they are literally adding sugar to everything that we eat and they know that it's addictive, I think that is a huge ethical issue that really needs to be looked at. Sugar is, a high amount of sugar is not good for our bodies at all. That's why we have a huge rate of obesity in America. And if all of our foods contain this addictive quality to it, the sugar, I just don't know how, as a government and as a food company, we can ethically be okay with pumping it out if we know that it's bad for society. That's all I'm gonna say about it. And now I'm going to move on because I'm sorry I have bored you with my craziness about food for a little bit. But, I mean, as this article is saying, there is some science behind what you put in your body and then overall brain health. And I just wanted to put that out there. Just a little nugget for you. Okay. The last thing that I want to talk about is pretty much my spiritual journey. In my spiritual journey, which if you've listened to this show, you know that I have a, <laughs> I, I have a spiritual journey. All right. And pretty much because I did grow up in Christianity um, and then I went to a Christian college, you know, Christianity was just a huge part of my belief system. It was you need food and air to live and you also need, you know, Christianity. Like it was up there with those main things that we need today. It was like food, air, church. In my mind growing up, that was as a necessity as food and water and air were. And so then, in college, I went to a Christian college. Maybe I'll say it one more time. I went to a Christian college. Um, my senior year, I kind of had this conscious awakening of sorts. I feel like in Christianity, we kind of put up walls around us, and they're not bad walls, but they're walls that kind of keep us safe from, you know, all of these different other beliefs and darkness elements that in the world that we live in. What happened with me is, you know, I have my, this really good friend. It wasn't unique that we had someone that wasn't a Christian at our school, but it wasn't, there weren't a lot of them. And so one of my friends, he was not a Christian. Once we became better friends, we began talking um, about, you know, spirituality and he was telling me about he what he believed, and he already knew what I believed because, you know, as again, I say, I went to a Christian college. Um, but he really kind of began prompting me with these questions. and But at one point, he said, you know, in your religion, I am going to hell because I do not believe what you believe. And it was at that point that I really stopped and thought, oh my goodness, like, you're right, you know, you are my really good friend, and I love you, and in this religion that I am a part of, you will go to hell if you die, and I remember at that point, I remember thinking, that is not okay, it's not okay, because this, my friend is an amazing human being, and he is so much more caring and loving than literally half the people on our Christian campus and it just didn't make sense to me that just because he did not believe what I believed that he should go to hell and there was a point where you know we both were sitting by each other we both believed fully our own beliefs and we believed that we were both right like I believed that my view of God was right and he believed that his view of God is right and at one point I was just thinking you know, if we both think we're right, then who is actually right? You know, how can I be so egotistical to think that just because this is my belief that I'm right? And so that was kind of the first thing that really put a little sliver in those walls that I had built up as Christ, through Christianity. Once there's a little airflow into the, those walls, it's almost like a waterfall, You know, once one little drop of water comes through, eventually the whole dam will break. And that's essentially what happened. And I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think it's actually a necessity, especially for those who kind of grew up in Christianity. I think it's a necessity that we really break down those walls and really build them back up our own way, because I don't think we can actually fully choose a religion until you've knocked it down and kind of redefined it yourself one thing i always like to say and i'm sure i've said it on this show with mathis you know there's someone said there's a great visual of so you have this house and the house has furniture set up in it you know you have your couches your tv everything is set up a certain way and when it comes to religion and spiritual beliefs not even like religion aside spiritual beliefs It's very important to take the furniture and everything out of the house and take the house as kind of like your overall spiritual practice and beliefs. So take out those details, the furniture, and then re-put it in and rearrange it. And that's kind of the imagery I like to use in regards to kind of reshaping your beliefs. But once that kind of crack was in my walls, That sounds so funny. So when the crack was in the, the walls that I built up with Christianity, um, it really, like one question after one question kept coming. Like my first thoughts about redefining my belief system was in regards to free will, believing in hell, and then overall, what type of God do I want to believe in? Those were kind of the three things. Um. Oh, and church. Church was a big one. I can't forget about that. Um, in regards to church, very early on in these, this reshaping of my faith and belief system and, you know, taking all that furniture out and putting it back in, I was the first thing that I really did was evaluate whether or not church was a good thing for me. I have a lot of issues with the modern day church, and I think I always knew that I had these issues with it. But I think because I had these walls built up around it, I could not see it clearly. And essentially the problem I had with it was that, you know, we talk of this undefinable God, this God that is so big that we could never, ever fully understand him. And every week we come to church and we sit and we essentially talk about how we've defined God and how we can get to heaven and, you know, how we should take communion. And this is how God sees us and, this is how God will, you know, judge us. And it just didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense that we can say that God is so indescribable and we can't understand him. And then we come <laughs> to church every week and really just talk about all these things that we've defined him as. And that this is the way. This is the only way. And that was the one problem that got me, is that this is the only way. Because how can we say that Christianity is the only way? if we only know such a slight percentage of 1% of who God is. And then once, and that in and of itself kind of knocked down one whole piece of a wall um, because church was so essential to, you know, Christianity and my belief system growing up that once I kind of redefined that, one whole wall was down. And I kind of was able to see church in a whole new light um and every time i went i just found another thing about it that just really didn't sit well with me um another thing was regards to how we have a stage in church you know we have all these people sitting down and then lifted up we have the band and we have the pastor and essentially every week you know the church puts on a performance and it's not a bad performance per se but you know if we look at other times that a stage is needed it is for performances it's for theater it's for concerts it's for when you are presenting something in a performance and that to me was a huge red flag because I feel like if we're going to look at God and we're gonna really talk about you know attributes of God I feel like we need to do that in a place where someone is not lifted above you. We need to do it as a community and as equals. And I feel like when you have a stage and you have one person talking at you every week, that's not coming together as equals. That is coming together as a group of people listening to one person who has all the authority in the church, talk about their ideas of God. And the thing is, we all view God differently even though we all may come together and understand God in regards to Christianity or Judaism or Islam, we all have that common bond of that. When we really look at it individually, we all have different ideas of what God looks like. And so for me to have one person who has equal amount of doubts and questions about God, Try to tell us that their way of seeing God is the only way, that also didn't sit well with me. Because I do think that church is such an integral part of a belief system. I think that when you look at what church is supposed to be, it's supposed to be a group of people with common beliefs coming together and really just talking and bouncing ideas off of each other and discussing things to really help each other grow. And I think the idea of church is so, so important, but I don't think we have the right way of thinking about it at this point in time um, because we don't talk about our doubts and our questions. You know, and each Sunday, we just talk about the same thing. We talk about how we are sinners and that we need Jesus. And I understand that that is very important, but it gets to a point After, you know, for me, after 20 some years of hearing that exact same message where I want to hear something different. You know, I want to look at it differently. I don't want to talk about the same thing anymore. Honestly, I don't want to talk about Jesus anymore. Like I want to talk about things that can that are really I want to talk about the things that are real relevant to this day and age. And yes, Jesus is a part of that conversation, But there are so many elements of spirituality and prayer and meditation and just different beliefs and how they view God that I think would be so important to just discuss and to talk about and even just to talk about to say that, you know, I don't really think this is true, but let's talk about it. And that's the one part I was missing with church is that discussion because I had all of these questions. I mean, I had all these questions about hell, all these questions about free will all these questions about what church should look like and all the responses I got were just kind of these robot repeatings of the Bible. And I'm like, I don't want to hear a response from the Bible. I want to hear a response from you as a human being living a life in the 21st century. I want realistic, practical, ways to look at god and spirituality in this time and that's just something i was not getting and i think until we can have that safe place that community i don't ever see myself going back to church on a weekly basis because it's just not for me you know and if it's for you that's great and i fully encourage you to go but i really just encourage you to take a step back because I think you know what happens is we just kind of get in a routine of going to church and w- just a routine even in spiritual practice and I think that happens with any type of spiritual practice and I think it's always good to just take a step back take a step out of yourself and really just look on it and see how can I improve this I, I really don't want you guys to go away from this discussion and think that I think church is wrong and terrible because I do not think that at all. I think it's very important. If you go back and listen to when I talked with my friend Zach um, a few weeks back, you know we talk a lot about this type of stuff. And really, the questions that I would love to see the church host. I would love them to, you know, have discussions about, you know, the literality. I don't even know if that's a word, but it makes sense. The literality of the Bible of Adam and Eve. Like, that's the stuff we should talk about. And we should talk about it in a way where you're not coming down on us with authority, but as a brotherhood and a sisterhood of people of just discussing. And that is one thing I would love to see the church evolve into. And I honestly, I think it's a necessity because my generation of people and the generations coming up even younger than me We are having a really hard time with church. And I think that if the church would evolve with us and really host these discussions, I think that more people my age would feel more comfortable coming back to church. But until that happens, we are just going to be the free, loving, hippie people that we are and really just have to figure it out our own way because we are longing for a connection to something divine, just to something bigger than ourselves. And if you are not going to give it to us in regards to church and religion, we're going to find it in our own way of spiritual belief. And that's what I'm doing. And it is honestly, I'm so proud of where I've come with it. And I think that it's made me such a better person because I can now have these wide discussions on different religions and different spiritual beliefs and really just evolve with the world that I'm living in in regards to Mm -hmm. spirituality. But I think that's all I'm really going to go into right now. And I hope that this connected with at least someone, because I really think it's an important element that we're missing in our society, this element of spiritual discussion. And that's really what I want this what me and Mathis wanted this podcast to be, to really be a forum for those types of conversations. And that's also what I wanted, you know, Existential Spoon to be, to be a platform to really just voice all of these weird questions and thoughts about God and about praying and about what that looks like and about, you know, depression and about, just the darkness that is just looming over our society and really what to do with that darkness if you don't have that baseline baseline community of people to come back and say, you know, I really don't know what to do with all of this darkness that I feel inside. And, you know, when you don't have that community of people, when you don't have, you know, a church of people, when you don't have a friend group of people to really voice those concerns you really just get wrapped up in your mind with all these thoughts and I think that's very, very dangerous. I mean, I found in my own life it's very, very dangerous to have all of these thoughts and to just loom over them over and over again without discussing them and that's honestly why I'm so thankful for this podcast because all of these things that I talk about is really just me mulling over all of these different spiritual ideas and really just trying to Keep knocking down those walls because I want to live in a world and in a mind space that is not walled up of anything. You know, I really just want to be open to any type of experience or belief that helps me grow and helps me move forward in this world with purpose and being able to talk to anyone, no matter their belief system about all these cool ideas because the world is so mysterious and it's so awesome. And I just wish that we would talk about how awesome it is more often and really even involve science into that. Cause I think science is so cool. And I think as a society, science and religion are kind of butting heads when really they should be best friends because they can really learn from each other, I think. Um, but that's really all. I think I already tried to sign off. That's really all I have to talk about it. Um, so yeah, Mathis, I miss you. I missed you on this episode. I hope that this episode was okay by myself. Um, but if you guys kind of want to be in that conversation, I would love, love, love if you guys would just email us at our email at hello and at hello and do, um, hello and at gmail H e l l o a n d a d i e u at gmail.com and really, you know, email us with all of your different questions or not even just questions, just things that you're mulling over yourself and things that you wish there was a platform to talk about. Um, and it could be about religion. It could be about spirituality. It could be about politics, gender, sexuality. I mean, there's so many cool topics that thankfully we live in a society that, you know, we are open to talk about it but there's still a lot of hesitation to talk about these things. And so if you got, I just asked that if you guys have any of these questions to so really emails, cause that's the one thing me and Mathis love to talk about the things that people are really mulling over themselves. Um, so you can do that. You can tweet us at hello and ado. And of course you can rate subscribe and review us on iTunes cause that helps people find us and then become part of that conversation with us as well. So, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I know it was just me and you had to listen to my voice for an odd amount of time. But I really had a great time talking with you guys just about my journey and about movies and TV. And that's honestly the stuff that I just love to talk about. So thank you and enjoy your week and adieu to you all and to Mathis.